for a bit. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. I know last week we had a little bit of a de well, I had a little bit of delay on my end, so I haven't seen it pop up live just yet. I don't know, anybody else seeing it live? Yes, no? My phone uh, went off. Let me check know. on my phone, phone right now. On live. I'm in a... Yeah, no, I just, I'm like, it did, it did the same thing last week, but I then it, like, kind of corrected no, you, itself. You've, so. got comp, you've got gameplay going. Do I? Okay, I just want to... Uh, eh, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Well, we're live. Oh, we are live. Okay, so I'm just going to... On my phone, you on the channel right now. I'm hearing us talk right now. All right, all right. Yeah, I see some guys in the chat, and it looks like we're ready to rock, fellas. Yeah, it's kind of weird with these notifications. What's up, everyone, and thanks for tuning in tonight. Welcome to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is episode number 206, the play Sunday nights to just kick back with a cold one and listen to some Xbox talk. I'm your host, Invader, and it's great to have you all here. We've got lots to discuss tonight, and I mean tons. Xbox celebrated its 20th anniversary. We will dive into all that, all the different uh, stuff announced, all the highlights. As well, the Game Awards have been announced, uh, like the, uh, the specific nominees for each category for the show. We'll go into that, along with some, uh, I guess, interesting uh, controversy for it. All that and a little more. But before we get into all that good stuff, let me introduce the fine chaps on the TXR panel. And I'll start off with my buddy, MLD. How you doing there, bud? Hey, doing good. It's been a very, uh, very busy week for us uh, Xbox gamers here. Uh, finished Forza Horizon 5. Amazing game. But obviously, you don't finish a game like that. There's always something more to do. Been playing the Halo Infinite beta, and the gameplay is so good. I haven't had this much fun playing a Halo game multiplayer since Halo 3. It just, just really brings back the nostalgia. And uh, just playing some Game Pass games on the side, you know. Uh, I don't know if anyone's heard about, about it. Uh, Katamari. Uh, just played that on Game Pass. Really good game. Easy achievements. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the like... best hidden gems on the uh, PS2. You get this one. And because this is the original, just remastered basically. And yeah. now uh, we love Katamari from the 360 exclusive, is now backwards compatible. So we have the disc of that yeah, from the 360. That was amazing. So it's, it's so cool. You start off as a football, and by the by the time you're done, you're rolling up uh, mountains. It, it's it, it's so cool. It gets ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Katamari is one of those games I haven't uh, tried out, but. I hear a lot of good things, so uh, maybe one of these days. Easy achievement if you're MS Rewards report person, because mm -hmm. you get achievement for each like level, and you can knock out a level in like just a couple minutes. So. Oh yeah, the game's four hours long, and I got seven. And easy. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, for you achievement hunters out there, uh, go for it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Shockley, buddy. Uh, since you're. Uh, talking at the moment uh what's up how you doing uh not bad just been on that uh halo multiplayer beta or yeah well i guess yeah it's still in beta but uh mm -hmm. having a lot of fun with that um like that's the cool thing even i i get the progressions a little grindy 
most of the time I'm just having a ton of fun and I don't even care what the stuff I'm getting because in the Halo 2, Halo 3 days, that was pretty much it. Unless you wanted that Hayabusa armor. But other than that, it's like you weren't really caring too much about the, at least I wasn't, <laughs> about a lot of the progression. You're more uh, mm-hmm. wanting to get a certain level of like, I don't know if they do their whole ranking thing like they used to, but that's what people were trying to get to like a certain high level and maintain it. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. Um, I played that a little, well, I played fours of the weeks before, so, but I've just been kind of, I'm just using that as kind of my casual <laughs> game to go in between now that Halo's, uh, Halo's out, but, uh, definitely, uh, hopefully, hopefully they put some new maps or not maps, but, uh, playlist. Cause you can't really select like traditional Slayer apparently, but that's the only been the only kind of downside i would say because if you want to play a certain match you kind of just do got to do like quick play or at least that that's what i've been trying to do quick play just getting in a match because sometimes big team battle doesn't want to start for me so they kind of just get the luck of the draw but either way i've been having a lot of fun with that one and uh definitely excited uh dabbled a little bit when shimagami tensei but i haven't been able to get too deep into it yet but uh but yeah, definitely Halo's been Halo's back and we're only a couple of weeks away from the uh from the campaign. So definitely excited for that from all the previews that got released. So probably get into that later. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have a few comments to say regarding the uh, progression and the multiplayer beta. And I get it, it's still kinda in like its beta form. It's not like official official yet, but since everybody's playing it and i i do think that there's a lot of fair criticism to go about with like the grindy um progression and well just a lot of things related to progression whether it be xp not earning certain things and so on they seem to be addressing some things but yeah go ahead oh but the cool thing about it is it's not like the other battlefield and cod games or at least battlefield i don't play too much cod uh, because that stuff's grindy too, but in the past, and I think probably in this one as well, um, it's more, like, this is all cosmetic. Stuff that you have to grind for in Battlefield, not cosmetic. You're getting high-powered weapons that when you get this, like, oh, I got this certain weapon, and then this weapon, like, drops. It, like, I had, I think it was called the MTAR back in, like, Battlefield 4 days, and that thing would drop, like, if in close quarters would spit so fast you drop somebody in seconds um and when you get unlock certain attachment uh, attachments for it um for certain guns that's just going to make your performance better with those guns so this is all cosmetics so i get that it's grindy but you're getting a performance boost like you are for people that put a ton of hours in like battlefield they're going to destroy you until you get some of those higher power guns so at least there's not that advantage you know if someone you know, you have to grind it out to get to the level of, like, somebody to, you know, be on equal footing. So, there's that. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Well, at least with certain points. I, I would say, though, that it is still, like, yeah. a little underwhelming. Plus, like, there's no, like, ranking progression system. I know that they said that they're going to be adding things later on. And I do get that. Like, I am listening to 343 personally. It's just, there's a lot of things that aren't there to start off with that just kind of like raise a few eyebrows and like i scratch my head at but uh, we'll have to wait and see i mean i 
I would like to see a few more options when it comes to unlocks, uh, you know, um, for, you know, just like different progression. But again, we'll wait further down the line and maybe when it like the game officially re releases in December, we'll have like a lot more. But again, I'm willing to give them the benefit of doubt for now anyways. And, and I agree with you on the modes. I definitely agree with you on the modes. They, they definitely need more, but more are apparently coming. Uh, moving on down the list here, Centurion Pal, how's the weekend been? What is up, guys? It's been a good weekend, but it's Sunday night, and it's time for the TXR podcast, and it's time to talk about Xbox and everything in between. Uh, we've had the Halo Infinite beta multiplayer drop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've also got the quest for acquiring the fear games for most of the community out there. I mean, that's all you see on social media. It's like the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom crusades out there for people trying to get their hands on these games. Uh, but it's also 50 cent. Blood oh, on that the sand. too. Yeah, 50 cent blood on the sand, that one too. Uh, but also it's Black Friday season. It's this week and the sales have already dropped. Um, I decided to grab Guardians of the Galaxy and Tales of Arise because I hear everybody talking about Tales of Arise and Guardians of the Galaxy for that matter. So Man, there's a lot of games for us that are supposed to come out, that have already come out. Man, I'm drowning in games. Damn, man. You know, let me pull you out of the water if you're drowning. You know, I know you got quite the backlog as it is. <laughs> I know, right? I can never freaking focus on one game. As a matter of fact, now that I've done... I finally beat Far Cry 6, um, and I'm kind of starting to try to work my way back through getting into the mass effect legendary uh edition because i want to be able to re do all those games because i never did all the dlc for the third game oh yeah well yeah it might be a good idea to uh go through all that uh just so everybody knows uh timmy should be here he's uh, running a little bit late but he should be coming on uh the show not too long from now and before we get into the topics a reminder to everyone listening in that we have an awesome giveaway going on for a limited edition forza horizon 5 controller it's got a pretty cool theme to it you know the whole like forza horizon 5 mexico kind of theme and again like a lot of collectors seem to be liking it it looks pretty cool from the pictures i've seen Check the the uh, Gleam link in the description to enter. The contest ends, I think it's Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. So get on that if you haven't already. Uh, again, looks like a really, really sick controller. Um, and hey, guys, you know, we're just beginning the show. And uh, if you could show support by uh, dropping a like and sharing this out just to let everybody know that we are live now, that would be very much appreciated. So... On to the first topic of the evening, fellas, and Jeff Keighley's Game Awards has announced its nominees for the award show. There's some solid games lined up on the various categories, and it looks like Xbox is going to have, well, a pretty good time, a pretty uh, good night at the awards. Uh, Shockley Buddy, is there any particular category that catches your eye or, like... Uh, like or a certain game that got like announced for like a whole slew of different nominations. Uh, definitely the I would say the the game of the uh, game of the year nomination. Uh, I, was, I was sad to see Forza didn't make it in there, and I know people were saying, "Well, none of the other Forzas made it in there." I'm like, "Yeah, but the last Forza was going up against uh, God of War, and wasn't the highest ranked game of the year." 
um, God of War, uh, Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2. This year's uh, competition is not that deep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was kind of sad that that game didn't make it in there because um, people want to just like downplay. It's, I don't understand just to downplay our like art form because like that's just it just seems kind of dumb like people put so much especially in like forza horizon if anyone's even played it the amount that goes into that game and just keeping and the cool thing is it's keeping people that aren't even big racers or like you know big fans of racing games it keeps them engaged and keeps them coming back wanting to play so it is doing something different you can you can't get very many non-racing fans to play like uh, a lot of times uh, Gran Turismo or even Forza Motorsport, although Forza Motorsport has done a good job to like kind of give you ways to, uh, you know, scale back some of the difficulty. But with Forza Horizon, it keeps a lot of people engaged, kind of the casual like player that, you know, would like, oh, okay, I've raced a couple games, cool, okay, I'm good, I'm done. Whereas this actually keeps those people engaged and keeps them coming back to play. So, you know, that's not an easy thing to do, but I don't know. It just seems now Xbox Studios does have the, the most nominations in a way, but uh, with Deathloop and Psychonauts. So, uh, although people have been downplaying or downplaying Psychonauts, saying, well, it was a game that you know was before, uh, was already in development. I'm like, yeah, it was kickstarted, but they even said it themselves. They were cutting it, wouldn't have been game of the year quality had Microsoft not stepped in. It wasn't even gonna have boss battles. So, um, but yeah, that was the only sad thing to see. I was surprised Returnal didn't get in there. Because, um, especially over, like, cause I don't think anybody was really talking about Ratchet and Clank, other than just, like, the visuals. That was the only thing I saw people really talking about. Just with, like, oh, or you can warp in between worlds. Um, but other than that, that was just kind of, like, a gimmick in a way, because other games that have done something similar. Um, and... Uh, but Returnal, it, I, I, I would almost knock Returnal, even though I, I played it the first week. I didn't have too many issues other than like, hey, you got an update. Cool. Well, you're uh, mid-run uh, <laughs> or your run that you were on for like, you know, two hours got deleted because we had to give you an update and we had to reset your console. Because <laughs> a lot of us use sleep mode to kind of use a save point, that save point that they should have been in the game from day one and is in there now. Um, not really a save point. It kills your save as soon as you pick up from that point, so you don't actually get to cheat and go back to your save over and over. But uh, and but it had uh, so many issues at the start. So that was that was the one thing I would say that would possibly hold it back. But otherwise, I I think I agree with most of the uh, nominations there. I was surprised that uh, Deathloop I think had the leading. Not I think it had like yes nine nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least it had the most uh, nominations in the Game Award, uh, Game of the Year awards, uh, like category itself, um, from what I saw. But um, Metro Dread definitely deserved to be in there. Um, somehow, uh, people are like, apparently, there's a lot of people that don't think Res- uh, Resident Evil 8, although I, after playing like a game of Returnal that was 70 bucks, and then you only paid 60 for Resident Evil 8, you're like, yeah, this is way better quality <laughs> um just a whole different you're getting like bigger budget game that's top quality and and it's 10 bucks cheaper and does it have a ton of issues 
um, like that one did. But but yeah, that's probably my game of the year. Um, I don't think any anything else really touched it from what I've played. So, um, but yeah, but it was it was cool to see a lot of other games uh, get nominated. Um, with the, I was trying to think who. Oh, never mind. If they got, I think I got sidetracked there. But anybody else can uh, jump in. Some I was trying to think of some of the other uh, categories, but uh, I would say Resident Evil, Resident Evil Eight, and uh, Metro Dread probably my top ones out of those ones I played uh, that uh, that got nominated for Game of the Game of the Year uh, awards. So, mm-hmm. but obviously Forza will take the sports one, so it gets a, a gimme. <laughs> now, I will say with regards to like the whole controversy regarding it not being in there i mean there are a bunch of good games already listed in here but when i go by certain again accredited sources i guess you would say it was getting rave reviews like across the board i'll admit i'm still playing through it uh, like you shockley i mean like there's so much to do in the game I'll admit, like, I'm not jumping, like, I'm not, like, geared toward it as much as previous forces. I'm not really sure what it is. It could just be because, I don't know, I I guess I find it maybe a little too easy. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what better word to really say about it. But I am generally enjoying my experience with it. I do think it's a very beautiful game. I like driving around and so on. I guess I'm just not finding um, a lot of challenge to it, is what I'm saying. However, I, I do understand why it is uh, like very critically acclaimed, and a lot of people love it. And I do think there is a case for it to be in the Game of the Year uh, nominations. I mean, there's a couple of games here that I'm like, eh, really? I mean, going through the list here, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart... Resident Evil Village. I mean, there might be one or two games here that might be able to uh, take off, but again, I'm very curious what you guys think in the chat. Was uh, Forza snubbed, or was it like, yeah, you know what, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's just a lot of chatter. Yeah. If it were up to me, I would swap out Ratchet with Forza. I mean, it's like the what the 13th sequel in the Ratchet and Clank IP and the the main thing going forward is what it loads things faster uh, I don't know <laughs> you could beat the game in the weekend I don't see why it was nominated for game of the year it's a great game I just don't see it what it does anything that's particularly new other than looking nice I mean Forza Horizon 5 like 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 for example my wife she is not into racing games but the more she saw me play it she actually, uh, she's playing it herself now. She's actually catching up to me in, in the levels. She's one of those people that sees the map and tries to do everything, like check everything off the map. Like she goes for all of, all the scoreboards, all the fast travel boards, all the speed traps. Like she likes buying faster cars just and just doing things better than she did before. Like she's upping the difficulty on the races. Like, and this is again, this is my wife who doesn't play racing games. Like if it's a, if a game gets people playing the game that don't that are, it's out of their comfort zone, if that doesn't make it a game of the year nominee, I don't know what does. Because again, it's it's 90 plus rated, 10 million plus players, the biggest opening week for for any Xbox game. Uh, I think it deserved at least a nomination. I mean, I have a theory. Maybe it just there's just no video gamey characters. It's just you know, in end of the day, it is just a car game. Like, maybe that's why there's no iconic characters like Master Chief or Kratos or whatever. You need, like, a fictional element, maybe? Is that, maybe that's why it was snubbed? 
So you're, just, yeah, you're yeah. saying that it needs to be like character driven, like hypothetically, right, to get a Game of the Year nomination? Yes, because people brought up on Twitter how Overwatch won Game of the Year in 2016, and that didn't have a story. It was purely multiplayer gameplay based, and I'm thinking maybe it was it was because of the original, you know, video game characters that were made that were made uh, created, like these fictional characters with their own backgrounds and such. Maybe that's what Forts is lacking. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, oh, either way, sidetracking from that, my game of the year, I do like the nominations overall. My game of the year is Psychonauts 2. That, uh, that's a very, very polished game. Xbox deserves all the credit for that game because, uh, you know, again, it was said before, the, the game uh, made additions because of Xbox's funding and cash injection. And overall, though, it even died because if the Game Awards is trying to be like the Oscars, but for gaming, I mean, this just checks off all the boxes. It tackles mental health, like gambling addictions, and for for example, things like that. You go inside the minds of people who who have issues to work through, and you try and help them through that. Like that is very much the kind of a quality that makes a movie win the Oscar. So, but if they're trying to do that for video games, I think Psychonauts Two it checks off all the boxes. It does a social commentary, but at the end of the day, it's a fun, quality game. So, yeah, that's my tip. I would say, too, that there's probably a couple of games here that wouldn't be in here, uh, just for the fact that I think a couple of games got pushed back, or sorry, well, yeah, pushed back into uh, the new year, and I don't know, like, you know, it's giving some of these games a chance, so... You know, some titles that might not have made it. That's just my personal opinion. But, I mean, still, they're still good games nonetheless. I've only played one. I will be playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It's on my backlog. I do plan on playing it quite, quite soon. Um, let's see. Uh, Centurion Buddy, since we're talking about all this Game of the Year stuff, uh, you got an opinion on this? Any thoughts? I do have thoughts. I've also got some controversial opinions that people have kind of taken a step back, at least uh, when I've said them. Um, now, at least on to what MLD was saying with Ratchet and Clank. I think Ratchet and Clank actually has a little bit of a leg to be in there over Deathloop. I have personally played Deathloop. Uh, Deathloop is an all right game. It, it's glorified Dishonored. Um, so... To me, at least with Ratchet and Clank, they were trying to push the boundaries on being able to at least harness the technology of the console that it was on. Um, and it also had some really, really good writing um, and a good story behind it compared to Deathloop. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and, and try to say what game really belongs in there. Um, for me, it's the fact that, so to put it out there, I have yet to really play more than Horizon 5, more than an hour or two. Um, yes, I enjoy uh, racing games, but they aren't exactly the, the first thing I hang my hat on. Um, I love story-driven, narrative-based games, so I have been playing uh, Far Cry 6. Uh, like I said, I went back into Mass Effect Legendary Edition, but... When I now here's the thing with what I do with my job in real life, I'm a numbers guy and I love fine print. You guys know I watch virtual legality on my YouTube channel a lot. Um, and that's pretty much a lawyer breaking down the fine print of the gaming industry, which to me is like I, I enjoy reading the fine print. Now, 
when it comes to the situation with Forza Horizon 5, this is where it gets really effed up. So, Jeff Keighley himself has come out on the internet and social media and responded to Windows Central because we all read that article from Jez um, over there on Windows Central. And he responded in saying that it is eligible to be in the running, I mean, in uh, the voting for game of the year and all that because it's supposed to be available to the public before November 19th. Now, when you think about that, that means you should be able to, to vote on that game until November 19th, right? Is that what you guys would think? I'm asking you guys a legit question. In theory, yes. In theory, yes. Now mm-hmm. let's break down what Jeff Keeley told Jez Gordon. They had to have all their votes in by November 4th um, because they wanted to do early voting. So they had to have all their votes in by November 4th. And Forza Horizon 5, it was only available in early access by November 4th. It wasn't available to the public until November 8th, blah, blah, blah. So all the voting had been done. But the people that do the voting can change their votes until November 11th. And it's starting to come out that a lot of these people had no idea they were even allowed to change their vote. And for me, it's also the fact that when you think about it, well, that's only until November 11th. What about the fact that it's eligible to be in the running, I mean, in the voting until November 19th? So what happens from November 12th to November 19th? Is that like purgatory hell for a game? Basically, oh, if you come out on this, you don't qualify for anything? So basically, if you have a game that comes out on November 12th through the 19th, you aren't allowed to be in the voting for this year's um, video game awards of any category, and you're not allowed to be in next year's video games of any category because you fall into like the one-week period of time that apparently doesn't exist to the video game awards. I have just said, now this is where I'm... I'm not a hateful person. I'm not going to tear down Jeff Keighley. I've seen people calling him a POS. I've seen people personally attacking him, uh, trying to say he's the most horrible human being in the world and all this other stuff. I'm not going to be that guy. All I'm going to say is, Jeff Keighley, if you are trying to build the product known as the Video Game Awards, which is the premier game awards show that is pretty much all eyes are on you, For starters, it almost seems that there's always some kind of drama or weirdness or shadiness going on in the background. We all saw it with Hideo Kojima putting you in a game and also one of the judges in the game. And all of a sudden, Death Stranding ended up uh, in the the video game awards game of the year very quickly, ended up in that category very quickly. Um, And I remember tuning in with a bunch of people to see if it would have won. If it would have won, I would have never watched the Video Game Awards again. And I think he probably realized that. Um, It just, for me, it seems like Jeff Keighley knows the console war narrative. And he sometimes feeds it with a little bit of drama and and conspiracy. Because he knows it's just going to get more focused on the Video Game Awards which in turn are a giant advertisement that get us to all tune in and see all the games that want us to that we all want to play and honestly the the the, the awards themselves are, are are second place towards the ad revenue that he wants in that show because that's actually what keeps that show going i just feel that jeff keely needs to really open his mind to the criticism and the fact that the things he does 
and the things that go on with the VGAs are damaging the product that he is trying to birth into this world. And I mean, it's damaging the product's reputation. A lot of people think that the VGAs are rigged, that they are nothing more than shills for the companies that are involved. Let's just say a lot of people tune into the video game awards just to watch the commercials because they feel the award shows themselves have been rigged from time to time and very controversial. Um, one of the YouTubers I watch right now is wondering why the heck Cyberpunk 2077 is being nominated for anything. One of, one of the worst launch games of last gen um, and the beginning of this gen, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. And they, he, they feel that Cyberpunk doesn't deserve to be rewarded in any way, shape, or form for the fact that they actually tried to pull the wool over the consumer's eyes and hide the fact that the games were horribly damaged and not running right on older consoles and he even made the joke saying what are we going to do reward uh the grand theft auto definitive trilogy next year for coming out as like some immaculate game when it's actually nothing more than a mobile port um this is where i feel that jeff Keeley needs to take the criticism and adjust the video game awards and at least make it a lot more transparent and a lot more legit when it comes to what's on paper because I just do not like the fact that literally, if you read it on paper, that there is a, a one-week period of time that, uh, that basically if a game is released during that one week, it doesn't qualify for anything because voting has already taken place. I, I, I'm hoping you guys could see where I'm going with all this because it just feels that when you're the premier product, that you really have to do what you can to at least keep that product um, at least from being tarnished. Um, like right now with uh, bringing up YouTube, YouTube took away the dislike button. Mm. Uh, well, not the dislike button. They took away the ability to see how many dislikes are on a video. So you have no idea whether a video is being ratioed or not. And actually, one of the original co-founders of YouTube came out and said that this is actually detrimental to the system because yeah. you, this is, you, not all content can be good. You need to have bad content to make something good content. Everything can't be good content, and just like you can't have every game in the world be in the running up for the video game for game of the year, but at the same time, at least make the voting for these games seem legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll admit, like, okay, I know we're going over the nominations for the Game Awards, and I, I am curious to see how things play out, but I mostly watch it for the world premieres, right? Like, the new gameplay for games that we already know about, or new game reveals. I think that's what a lot of people just watch it for, to be honest. And to be fair to Keeley, he does get some interesting announcements. I'm, Or at least, like, I remember last year, Xbox had some really interesting, uh, like, a really interesting showing. Arc 2 was there. Um, Hellblade was Warhammer. previously there. Warhammer Darktide, correct. And, I mean, heck, remember, was it, wasn't the, uh, the Xbox Series X, the actual, like, reveal of the actual system done there, too? Yeah, the year before, along with, mm -hmm. uh, Hellblade 2. Yep. Yeah. But we also gotta remember, Jeff Keighley was also the guy that decided to leak the price of the Xbox One X before the E3 presentation. Jeff Keighley is known for doing some very not acceptable things like i'm gonna be truthful like when 
when I get to talk to people in in the content creation uh, part of YouTube, or I get introduced to people like David Preen, who's the hardware guy for um, Xbox and Microsoft, um, the things that get said in those conversations, I am not out on social media tweeting. I'm not out telling people this stuff. It's like you are given a certain degree of respect and trust to hear these things. And Jeff Keighley is one of those types that runs out to social media and blabs his mouth. And the funny part is, man, we are all raised in school that nobody likes a tattletale. But apparently if you can leak some info, that doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, and you're absolutely correct, Centurion. It is, um, like, Keeley's track record isn't exactly what you would call fantastic, especially on the Xbox side of things. I, I'm just saying, like, over the past couple of years, like, recent years, at least there's been some decent announcements that way. Like, at least it, there's something to watch. But I, I totally agree that uh, price leak was not cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I know that Xbox wasn't too happy about that. Um, let's see. I'm just going to go. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but I am interested to see what games are going to win because this was a conversation about what is being nominated. There's some really good games being nominated. Um, I'm just going to blatantly just go out and say it. I voted for Psychonauts 2 because it's a beautifully written game. Um, it has a really good story behind it. Like MLD said, um, there's a message behind it. It tackles multiple issues. Um, it's not about showing off a game console. It's not about graphics. It's all about the message that's in the game, which is why I voted for it. Even if Forza Horizon 5 was still sitting right next to it, I would have voted Psychonauts 2. For me, in the end, it, it's more like trying to get the games that do deserve to be in that category. And that's where I just feel like the voting system, at least for these categories, seems a little off because... I don't like the idea that the gaming media tries to tell me what is a good game and what is not a good game because I am a free-thinking individual that is able to figure that out on my own. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... Well, I mean... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just looking at the list. Like, uh, again, there's a, there's a lot of... I see a lot of death loop, a lot of... Uh... Actually, a lot of Xbox titles. Again, like Xbox and Bethesda games. There's like 20 nominations, the most uh, in the entire, like the most out of any publisher. So that's pretty impressive, honestly. Uh, good for Xbox and uh, Bethesda Studios. That's really cool. Uh, go ahead, MLD. Yeah, just to build on that, like you can really see the narrative starting to change. Like, uh, especially going from last generation till now, how Xbox Studios have almost double nominations as playstation studios i'm looking at the list myself here oh you got age of empires and flight sim in the best sim strategy genre i mean i think xbox has that down forza horizon 5 best racing game hands down yeah death loop really sweeping the nominations for a variety of categories as well as uh, psychonauts 2 even uh best indian game a little game uh, that we uh, interviewed the developer for 12 minutes yes. uh, that's up here too so I'm yeah, I'm hoping 12 minutes can get some uh, recon, you know, recognition from there. So it, it's like it's pretty good. Like, I'm really looking forward to playing Deathloop when it comes out. Like apparently that game had a AI uh, bug fix uh, patch lately. So I feel like the game's only going to get more polished uh, as the months go on. But uh, yeah, it's really impressive how Xbox is really cleaning up here. 
yeah, totally. Like twelve minutes. Uh, I'll admit that's that's awesome for uh, Luis Antonio. Yeah, he was fantastic. Guys, check out our interview from back in late August with Luis Antonio, the uh, game director creator of uh, 12 minutes really fantastic guy to talk with very insightful very knowledgeable and i hope he does well i hope he pulls off something uh best indie game actually let's look at that i'm actually kind of curious who else is in there oh yeah uh death's door kina uh okay. inscription and loop hero I'll, yeah those last two i'll admit i'm not too familiar with uh, kina i'm familiar with it seems like an all right game yeah death's door i haven't played but a lot of people talked very highly about it uh 12 minutes i i really enjoyed the uh, narrative loop so I, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, 12 minutes personally but uh again any one of these i guess i suppose could win um yeah death loop really really doing well here I, I am kind of uh, interested to see because Cyberpunk, uh, like Centurion was saying, did get a couple of uh, nominations here. Again, like I'm glad that uh, like they have addressed some of the fixes. I know like a lot of stuff has been delayed still for Cyberpunk, but I, I know a lot of people that did enjoy the game. And uh, you know, actually, I still need to play through it too. Damn, I'm really bad for the backlog. Um, but uh, interesting to see it get some uh, attention in these categories. But overall, guys, it's uh, pretty. It's really cool to see uh, Xbox Game Studios doing well in these uh, categories and yeah just overall i think it uh, bodes well for xbox in the future and uh i guess we don't have to wait long because it's next month right and uh so not too 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 long uh from now uh let's see here does anybody okay. else have anything to uh, to touch on before we move on mld were you uh saying something Oh, I was just going to say how I think it's, what, a few weeks away now? Game Awards? Yeah, it's coming up fast. It'll be here before we know it. <laughs> That's so, all. if I could comment real quick, um, because I see somebody in the chat, uh, what just happened on the voting for uh, the games. I know the fans are allowed to vote for Game of the Year, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong if anybody knows the actual answer, but I think fan voting accounts for 30% of the voters at 20%. I heard 10 or 10, sorry, 10 might even be as low as 10, yeah. But I know that you're allowed I know you're allowed to go in and vote on the, at least game of the year. Um and the only thing is though, like it literally like it made me sign into my Twitter. It checks your social media because they do try to do a good job of preventing people from like spam voting or botting or doing all that other fun stuff that we know that the community can do. Um so it made me it definitely checked my social media before it let me vote. Oh, that's reassuring. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, guys, we'll keep an eye on it. And, uh, yeah, it's not too far away, so uh, we'll know soon, like, who wins and whatnot. Uh, let's see. Moving on to some other interesting things going on in the gaming world. And, guys, uh, I guess we got to talk about this. It was kind of interesting. A new interview with uh, Platinum Games' uh, Hideki Kamea came out and uh he made an apology to both players and to microsoft for the canceled game scalebound i know we're still talking about scalebound right i mean i would have put it in the bin a little while ago i know we had talked about it before but just interesting that this 
interview came up and basically it's like how they didn't meet expectations across the board uh, for the game centurion kamea touched on a couple of things but ultimately like what do you think of what he said is this like an open apology like is it actually meaningful i want to say at least finally somebody came out and we all like i'm gonna just be blunt at least for me i knew it was all on platinum games um when microsoft gives you x amount of millions of dollars to build a game and you release at least two or three other games during the period that you should have been working on scale bound you were obviously a little distracted and not focused on what you were really supposed to be doing um it's good to see that he's coming out and actually letting them know that they the experience wasn't there uh they were having some tech um technolo technological issues with trying to create an online game because they had no experience in it um so he let's see we were working in an environment we weren't used to we were developing on the unreal engine we also lacked the necessary know-how to build a game based on online features that was probably like i'm we all know phil spencer went in and looked at some of the looked at some of the the pre-development of the game and he was not happy with what he saw and in the end they ended up canning scalebound um and everybody wanted to really kind of give Xbox a lot of crap for it. And he even said that in this interview that they were not really enjoying having to sit back and let Xbox take the full brunt of the community uh, for Scalebound being canceled because they just made it sound like Xbox walked in the room and just axed a perfectly functioning game. Um, it, from at least the rumors I heard, the game didn't function right. It wasn't. It didn't look good at all. The game, let's just say, it was nowhere near what Phil Spencer wanted it to be, and they had already sunk uh, an astronomical amount of m money into Scalebound, and at that point, he just decided to pull the plug. Um, it's really nice now that Platinum Games has really come out and doing this. Um, it's they're trying to obviously preserve. Uh, the friendship that they have with Xbox because Xbox didn't exactly tear them down and feed them to the wolves. Xbox took all the, the controversy head on and let Platinum Games kind of just sit in the background while Xbox dealt with it all. Um, I really hope, though, that this definitely get, opens the door for this game to potentially come back. No, it is not being worked on. I am not going to be the person that starts that rumor mill up. As far as I know, that game is literally lying dormant on a hard drive somewhere, either at Xbox or at Platinum Games or both, but nobody is working on that game. But Platinum Games has come out and said that they would like the opportunity to revisit this situation and try to correct the wrongs and obviously put some right to them. Um... I really hope, though, that that really does happen because from the concept of it, it seemed like a really great game. Um, I even know that Invader here himself actually has um, swag from that game. <laughs> um, and that's where um, only only the real, like the hardest of the hardcore, a lot of them have that swag and they really got to see that game in development and what was being released for it. I mean, what more could you want? Um, a fantasy-based RPG of you and your magical dragon out there saving the world. And, I mean, the concept images of this game look really great. I'm, I'm even interested in the fact on how these guys were even wearing headphones in this game. Um, but I, I definitely watched the interview. It was very interesting to see somebody come out and actually take 
I, I want to say a good portion of the blame. Um, he did actually say, though, that both sides, in his opinion, did fail. Um, watching, uh, he basically came out and said, oh, there it was. I think there are areas where we could have done better, and I'm sure there are areas that Microsoft as a publishing partner wish they could have done better, but nobody wants a game to be canceled. I'm curious on what, the only thing I could think of is Microsoft to do something that they've never really been known for, and that's to crack the hammer down and try to control a developer into doing something they don't want to do. And I'm pretty sure that Phil Spencer picked up on the fact that they didn't have the they didn't have the prowess that was needed to get this game over the finish line, and also the, due to the fact that they were developing other games, it didn't seem like it was their main focus. So, as any good manager would do, they would pull the plug on a project that's just essentially hemorrhaging money. Well, wasn't the talk around the town that uh, they were using the funds that? Uh that they were given for skill bound from Microsoft to uh to put into other titles at the time like that's that, what, I've yeah. heard that too yeah so again like that was just a rumor going around but still they were um, making three games at the same time it was near um Automata and uh that TMT game so only one of those turned out to be a, a hit <laughs> one was really terrible reviews which was TMT and or TMNT, and then the other one was a game that wasn't finished. <laughs> so, not a good track record, but I think, yeah, I think they just took on too many projects. Um, mm -hmm. And that was their issue. And then, yeah, trying to you know, handle a new engine that they're not familiar with. They just weren't qualified to you know, to do that. But, um, yeah, it kind of sucks that they took all the flack because Hideki Kamiya is still like a great game maker. He, you know, he made Resident Evil Two, which was like one of the probably, you know, people think of as the the best Resident Evil Two or Resident Evil Two games to this day. So, like, he knows how to make a game, but near Automata. Um, so didn't they do that? It, it PlayStation just, they took on way too much. Didn't they do that? Sorry, didn't they do that Nintendo exclusive uh, that was highly Bayonetta? praised? Uh, what was it called? Astral, oh, Astral Train? Train. Yeah, right. Because uh, I I don't know if you played it. Yeah, Shockley, another good one. But yeah, apparently that was, that was a a really good game that uh, I know that it was getting a lot of praise for. But it's just funny how again uh, they they can release. I'm not saying all their games are like the best ever, and obviously they're still working on. Uh, Bayonetta 3, which I think has a release date now, and it looks pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie. But, at the same time, it's like, you know, Microsoft, I, I remember when they announced it back in 2014, I know it was still pretty early in development, Microsoft was really excited to work with them, and it's like, well, you know, what happened, guys? Uh, like, going off of what uh, Kamea said, I mean, okay, he has a love for fantasy worlds and dragons and whatnot, and this sounded like a passion project for him. And then that, again, he admits that to being unfamiliar with this uh, development, like, uh, I guess the online uh, <laughs> versions of games, they lacked the know-how to make online features. And it just, I don't know, it just strikes me as kind of bizarre. I mean, do you guys think that this was just a, uh, I don't know, could have been like some kind of cultural differences going back and forth? Or again, like, 
was it just platinum uh, biting off more than they could chew? Like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it was definitely that they had too much on their plate. I, I mean, it's good that they they said something now, but I feel like it's yeah, like like come on, it's been how many years now, and, and now you say something. Xbox took a lot of flack, and all the gamers they just threw Xbox under the bus. When really, I think if the game would just it was just wasn't gonna be good, it would have been like a sixty something meta kind of game. And uh, I think I feel like if that happened, it would have been even worse because like people remember like bad games well when they release. I feel like it was just just better to cut your losses and just uh, you know move on. But uh, I don't know. <clears throat> at least at least they can go from here and develop a a nice working relationship going forward. But uh, eh, better late than never, I guess. But maybe uh, maybe he's you know he'll come around to uh, Microsoft. That's probably why he's talking so glowingly. Like you know he didn't have to say he even if they, he didn't feel like that you know, bad of a relationship between them at this point. He didn't have to talk as, like, glowingly and, like, you know, say he was, like, sorry. <laughs> um, but I know him and, uh, well, Shinji Mikami, who did uh, First Resident Evil, um, and I know they're still, or at least back in 2018, I think that was the last photo where they're close together on, like, a, I guess, a <laughs> road trip. So, yeah, maybe he's seen, like, you know, he, he probably talks to Shinji Mikami, pretty often because they have a long long relationship so um maybe he's talking about like how they're being you know treated versus <laughs> versus kind of what went, what went down uh, early on in those like early days where you know phil didn't it wasn't the same xbox they didn't have like full control when they wrote that uh mm -hmm. hit those uh, contracts and and phil was in and that was still under terry myerson so, so some of those deals probably went the way they did because they only had so much of a budget. So if that project was bleeding money and say Myerson's like, Hey, you're only getting, you know, so much to work with. Um, cause you're not in direct talks, you know, with, uh, uh, with the, with the Satya at that time. Um, you know, you got to cut your losses. So I understood why he probably had to do what he did. So same thing with some of like cut, shutting down uh, Lionhead. Peter Mullen, who left, and a lot of his uh, veterans followed him, and or not followed him, but they left after their leader left. So it's like, well, that's what Lionhead was. <laughs> it was, you know, a big, big studio for them because they had a. It's like when keeping Kojima Productions when Kojima left. <laughs> it's like, well, that that's the reason you have him around. It was it was that person's vision um, that started it. Started it. So. But hopefully they work together in the future because, I mean, he makes some quality games when he's given the time, when he's focused on one project, like they can hit, so. Yeah. Again, I'm just, you know, it's curious hearing these words, what, like, four years later. Um, like, I'll admit, guys, like Centurion was saying, like, I would love to see it brought back in some form. Uh, I mean, Phil has said it's dead, so I tend to believe what Phil says. He's he's been pretty upfront about that. However, I mean that was a, that was a little while ago. I mean, you know, it is their IP. Skillbound is a Microsoft-owned uh, property, so I guess anything could happen if they wanted to. Oh yeah, they still own all the work that was done. So, <laughs> and I'll be honest, it would be a shame if uh you know all that work went to waste i mean if they 
Yeah, I know that they were having some issues with uh, like frame rate and whatnot. If they if they put it if they ported it, uh, it over to again like uh, Xbox Series X systems, maybe uh, it would run way better. Um, I, again, he probably I'm still wants to make it too because that was his like one of his things he was thinking about making for years, and now he was like getting the opportunity to do it. So now Microsoft owns it. He can't, well, at least the name, Scalebound, and probably some of the other parts of it that he can't really use. Um, so if he wants to make it, picking up where he left off is going to be the probably the only way it's going to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that he's coming out and saying this stuff right after uh, Square Enix threw Crystal Dynamics under the bus. Um, with their <clears throat> with their whole thing with the Avengers game, so never know. Like maybe he really wanted to come clean and just get this off his like plate and kind of reset the relationship between him and Xbox. Uh, but we could definitely say at least Xbox uh, held the honorable position and they did not be the ones to say it um, because we all saw right now that Crystal Dynamics themselves were not meant to make the game that they did when it comes to the Avengers. And they're still stumbling through that to this day, um, trying to somehow turn it into something that it's not. Um, I mean, like if you re if you go and look at the roadmap for the Avengers game, it it's pretty bad right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're throttling XP in that game just because they're trying to slow down how quickly somebody can beat the game. Cause they want them to play it longer. Um, that's where I just sometimes you got to pick your developers very carefully, especially with what you want them to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good comment. That's a fair comment, Centurion. Uh, really, guys, you know, it's up in the air. I mean, if, as for now, I would say, again, uh, Skillbound's dead, like it's in the ground, but eh, you never know. The video a game industry is a, uh, a weird beast in itself, and surprises can always happen, right? So, and relationships can be mended. I mean, again, look at Obsidian. Obsidian and uh, Microsoft didn't exactly have a, uh, a great relationship. And, uh, you know, Microsoft canceled a project. Tim Schafer? Yeah. Uh, going back to, what was it? Was it Voodoo Vince at the time? Um, it was one of Tim Schafer's games. It was supposed to be an Xbox exclusive. And then Microsoft came in. It was, was it? Or was it Psychonauts? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they came through and they're like, uh nope we're we're not funding this as an exclusive anymore so you can continue and put it on our platform but um we're not funding it anymore and they had to get majesco to come in and fund it so that's kind of a bet because they almost potentially killed psychonauts um by just pulling the plug on it um similar to psychonauts or not psychonauts but uh scalebound <laughs> um but they just didn't they weren't buying the ip they were just kind of like publishing it and they just like yeah you can keep it but you know find the rest of the funding that you need so um so that's obviously not a good relationship from one of your first uh i think i don't know if it was his first game or or his first like big production i think it was but mm -hmm. yeah and then he came around you would have never thought tim schaefer walking out on the microsoft like when he came out on that e3 <laughs> yeah press conference you're like really <laughs> uh, i didn't see it coming 
Hey, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I had hypothesized before the show started. I remember putting out a tweet being like, okay, here's a few suggestions of who they could possibly be acquiring next. One of them was Hello Games. I forget the other one. And then it was, um, oh, man. Yeah, it was a Double Fine. And then I was like, oh, wow. Damn, I got it right. And I guess it makes sense. There's a lot of pieces that do fit in there. Uh, you know, Kickstarter Darling and so on. But uh, with Platinum Games, I mean, they, they do have more of a um, steady money flow. But again, like, if he wants to make that pet project of his, his that passion project of a fantasy dragon game, you know, like, again, maybe they could patch things up. But time will tell. Again, it's different people under it, different budgets and so on. But as for now, guys, I mean, I would just, like, uh i i just i wouldn't expect it to be coming back but again stranger things have happened stranger things uh let's see going into the chat guys thank you very much for uh tuning in here don't forget to smash that like button and share this out on social media and if you're watching and you haven't subscribed make sure you do so also uh check the notifications and make sure uh you know you hit the little bell there to stay notified about you know when we go live and such things because you know youtube can be a pain in the butt with that kind of stuff all right, let's uh, move along here, guys. Uh, moving on to something else. And we know that Xbox isn't stopping at adding games to its platform. Uh, we often hear things like about games, new games and development and so on, whether they be first party, third party and so on. But it seems like they're now looking at specific genres. And speaking at a summit, Xbox head Phil Spencer said that there's no specific quota about uh, let's say studios but if it's about the right fit for them however he does want to see more casual games on xbox platforms now general mld buddy uh we often speculate on games uh, to bring back I, I know we often do on this show it's a fun thing to do right you can't really blame us for doing that but does uh does xbox do they choose to bring back like casual games in their library or do they seek to do something where they make Again, more partnerships on the horizon. What What do you think on this? Well, oh, I mean, there's just so much to really speculate on. But I mean, let's let's start from the top here. I I'd say that they're making a really good effort to uh, cultivate the uh, more casual offerings within their own studios. I mean, look, look at uh, games like Grounded, uh, Sea of Thieves, uh, Minecraft, Minecraft Dungeons. It's it's overall a very good start. But I think they know that they need more to really capture uh, the, that new market that Xbox typically isn't associated with. So I'm thinking they got Banjo Kazooie. They could they don't have an internal developer that's willing, willing to make it. So why not publish it? I mean, Xbox game publishing is a thing. They've been getting some really good deals out there lately, and it wouldn't be, put it past me if they were to make a deal with an outside developer uh, to make a uh, Banjo. Now that said. I feel like in terms of Phil Spencer saying, uh, in terms of in terms of acquisitions, uh, there, a few things come to mind. I mean, uh, again, like acquisition-wise, the first thing that comes into my mind is Sega. I mean, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll just touch on maybe Super Monkey Ball, mm -hmm. Sonic, some kind of Game Pass Day One deal, publishing deal, uh, something like that. But otherwise, uh, Playful Studios, uh, they made uh, Super Lucky's Tale. They will be a good mm -hmm. fit. Yeah, Warner Brothers for uh, Travers, Traveler's Tales. I mean, all the Lego games they make. I mean, the, I don't know how these guys do it. They just keep cranking them out. 
people kids love him people love him casuals love him that would be a great fit for xbox and of course we all know about those rumors that circulated uh like some time ago uh, but then I, I started doing some digging, and they could even uh, buy something small, like some indie developers. Uh, you got what? Um, I, these are all off the top of my head. There's no rumors or anything around this. Just purely my own opinion here. I mean, you got Team 17. They make uh, Overcooked as well as Worms, two very uh, you know popular casual games. The Behemoth, they make Castle Crashers, Battle Block Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hazelight, they made It Takes Two. Uh, EA published it, but... As far as I'm concerned, Hazelight is still an independent developer. Uh, end of the day, and I think it takes two. Clearly, is very popular. That may that may catch Xbox's eye. Uh, Platonic, they made Ukulele. Like basically, the a lot of people from that studio made the original Banjo Kazooie. So there's clearly a lot of options for Xbox to do. Um, they're really spoiled for choice. They could acquire some. They could do publishing with some. They could do j- simply a Game Pass deal with some. But I, I'm glad that Xbox, they're filling in the holes of what they need. Because in my opinion, Xbox has most of their bases covered. If not uh, games that are out now, they're games that are being in development. But what Xbox really needs right now is Japanese content and family-friendly titles. And the other, the, other, the rest, I think the, they got it down, or at least they're getting it down. So I'm glad that they have an actual roadmap and actual, uh, you know, the gears are in motion to fix this. So there's a lot of possibilities, and I hope we hear about this stuff soon. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's a lot to unravel here, and Phil puts out hints every now and then of, uh, you know, what's kind of, you know, what they're thinking about. And he highlights games, again, we talk about these uh, social, more uh, casual games and he highlighted roblox obviously they own minecraft already which is a perfect example uh fortnite and fifa which it's kind of interesting that he uh brings up fifa because they don't really have any sports titles right and there's rumors flying around that ea could be uh losing the uh the fifa license apparently ea and uh fifa i don't know they're kind of at odds with uh i i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure but i think it has to do with like uh pricing and so on and there's rumors that ea could be losing this license wouldn't it be interesting if uh, xbox got the license to fifa man that'd be uh that would be a huge, huge uh, feather in their cap if they could land something like that. Such a worldly, uh, like, you know, something that really expands the globe, like a, like a FIFA-titled game, soccer game. That would be massive. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, I insist. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, I thought about that, too, but I, I read that, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but I think FIFA demanded, like, close to like a billion dollars in royalties like they really upped their mm-hmm. their up their cost to use the brand name and if xbox were to do that in my opinion it wouldn't be maybe the smartest use of their cash of the to pay the royalties because it would they would be that now competing against ea which is now going to try and use another another license to you know make soccer games but also i feel like that billion dollars in royalties i feel like you could just you know you know buy some developers make some game pass deals you know, stuff like that, you know? Uh, oh, unless Microsoft is really cash-injecting Xbox, then, hey, okay, I mean, I won't complain, but I feel like they could better use their money uh, on something else. But that, that's just me. 
Oh, yeah, and to be fair, I mean, you make a great point. If it is, like, a billion dollars, which I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, that is a lot of cash. But, again, like, uh, I mean, Microsoft's not afraid to uh, throw their wallet around. I mean, look how much they spent. I mean, okay, I know they bought uh, Mojang, but, I mean, they bought Minecraft for, what, uh, 2.3, 2.2 uh, billion dollars itself? Don't get me wrong, it paid, it, the that acquisition paid for itself within, like, five, six months. But uh, I'm just saying that the FIFA license itself would be a, a huge grab. Do I necessarily think that it would happen? Eh, probably not. I mean, I, I, I do tend to agree with you, MLD. You do bring up good points. It's just it's just an interesting thought to bring up because, again, they, they could use uh, a couple of sports titles in there, personally. Um, Centurion, I'm curious your thoughts. Like, when we're talking about, like, casual games here, like, I don't know, what, what like, pops into your head that they could really address on that front you really could not tell you outside of i think somebody already named off wb games when it came to trying to get um games that would definitely get the casual attention i mean there's a lot of uh, how can i say it love ip there that would definitely people would want to tune in for I really don't know exactly, because I hate the term casual. To me, it just, everybody has their own way of connecting to gaming, whether it's on your cell phone or going after, you know, a great big PC rig or just enjoying the convenience of uh, console gaming like I do. Um, for me, it's more just trying to put my thumb on, on exactly what is what is casual gaming, um, exactly what is their definition for that. Very true. Well, again, Phil had brought up, like, Roblox, Minecraft. He did bring up FIFA and Fortnite. So I'm assuming, like, again, just, like, games that are very easy to get into, per se. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be hardcore. I mean, heck, it could even be something as simple as, like, card games, it could be like a plat. It could be a platformer for all I know. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that we're all agreed that they do need to address. You know, they could use a few more platformers. Like that would be nice to see. I, I we always talk about banjo, but I don't know if it's gonna be uh, coming back anytime soon. Cameo is one that I would love to see come back, but I don't. I don't know how much love it gets on the Microsoft side of things. That what what their thoughts on it. Um, See, that's that's where if they were to tap into some of the rare, the IP over at Rare, that would definitely be a big one right there. Um, but then, like I said, it's just really hard to say. But at least in my mind, Xbox is the right company to at least approach this situation because they are hyper-focused on games and delivering different styles of games all across the industry versus their competition that seems to be really focused on stuff that appears on the silver screen. So definitely, I feel Xbox is in a good position to try to definitely push this, uh, push this narrative, this direction that they want to go for in game development. Um, but I just wouldn't really know exactly where one would start because like i said there's some people that prefer to do all their gaming on cell phones which i would never ever ever I, the closest i've ever came to gaming on my cell phone is plugging my cell phone into uh, x cloud and playing it there right and that's fair 
like I'm also like when I think of casual too, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we saw like more them get more involved with party games. Again, for example, like there's rumors of one versus one hundred possibly making a comeback. What about if, like, again, we got more of these uh, social games, like, uh, does anybody remember Fusion Frenzy back in the day? Like, yeah, that it's would like uh, the Xbox Mario Party kind of game. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's funny you bring that up, like, Mario, a Mario Party-like game. I'm not saying it has to be exactly like it, but something, like, in that kind of a manner would be like pretty cool to have on the platform again like uh, fusion frenzy but like even more crazier <laughs> so i i mean i think i you know i think that that would be something that should be taken into consideration a new diddy kong racing oh, they yeah. literally could do diddy kong racing just take out it, it was supposed <laughs> to be not diddy kong racing there was supposed to be no diddy it was supposed to be that uh tiger i forget his name and then they just slapped on diddy and threw him in there they literally have rights to the entire thing minus just taking out diddy from the game and then and, and the name and they can literally put all those characters and they have control of all of the aspects of that game so i don't know why they haven't with how mario kart sells what i'm sure it's close to like mario kart 8 is probably close to like 20 million if it's a lot, already. A lot. Um, <laughs> so why you wouldn't take diddy congregation that's still herald as like the best racer on the N64, or best kart racer. I don't know why they haven't dipped into that. Because well, people would go, oh shit, I gotta get an Xbox for that. Like a lot of the ni Nintendo diehards, so... I don't know. Well, fun They're just letting those IPs rot. <laughs> fun fact there, Shockley. Uh, Rare, back in the day, was... I mean, they had a whole bunch of cancelled projects, but they were making a, a Conquer racing game, if I'm not mistaken. It was called Fast and the Furriest. So, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, a cart game, I know a lot of people have been pretty uh, clamoring for that. And he could just do that alone with Rare IP, honestly. Like, yeah. whether, whether it be, I mean, yeah, you could throw Conquer. You could get a lot of devs that would probably be passionate about making a new Diddy Kong, basically a new Diddy Kong game. Like, hey, you know, basically the, everything you loved about Diddy Kong, you can take that, pretty much all the same characters, everything that was cool about it, just you don't have Diddy in the game. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. Or even, does anybody remember those, uh, there were party games, I think they were called The Movies, if I'm not mistaken? I think it was a Lionhead game. I could be mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember that actually had a bit of a following. Uh, it was either that or Lips, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, there was a few of those games that uh, I, I know had a bit of a following. Even, like, something along the lines of a, a Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata would be really cool, too. Uh, it was, like, really easygoing, and you got to, uh, like, build up a garden, and, like, you had all these, like, little crazy, fantastic creatures that, like, you know, very, like, family-friendly game. I think that would be cool to bring up. Again, I just these family, like... Like, you look at all these, like, different casual games that Microsoft has at their disposal, and I would just, I know, it's just interesting to see Phil talk about all these, and I know a lot of people in the chat are, 
very, very like passionate about some of these titles. We we see people talk about, oh, hey, let's bring back uh, Banjo and so on. Hey, I want to bring back Banjo, but who knows? Who knows if it's in the cards at this point? Uh, anybody else have anything to add to this, or uh, can we move on? All right, guys, I think we will move on, and uh, we will move on to our last topic of the evening. And earlier this week, uh, Microsoft had their Xbox 20th anniversary celebrations. Uh, we got a documentary on Xbox. Uh, we also got, like, a pretty big Halo drop and backwards compatible goodness, to say the least. Like, a lot of backwards compatible goodness, now that I think about it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shockley, buddy, I'll go to you on this one. Um, you know, there were quite a few good things to cover here. Like, uh, what really got you excited? Like, what caught your eye at this, uh, celebration event? Because, you know, they, they dropped a, a couple of things here. It wasn't like E3 or anything like that, but they had some good things, right? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I was trying to think, yeah, that was the two highlights. The one when we were all waiting for that rumor to drop for Halo uh, to be available <laughs> the same day. Um, but the backwards compatible titles being announced and that there was like 70 or 76 or I forget how many um, all at once. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, now that also came with the caveat of like, I was like, dang, they're doing that many? But then you find out they're like, yeah, and we're pulling the plug. <laughs> um, but uh, it was cool to see the whole Max Payne series on there because I've played one and three, never played two, and I hear that one's really good. Um, but yeah, excited to get back into that and um, definitely play two. Um, and I was trying to think, oh, the Fear series, that was one of the other ones I really wanted to get back into because I played, the thing about that was it was a big PC game. And that's why I bought it on the PC, but I had one of those e-machines, if people know what those are. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. Back yes. in the day, they were like pre-built, like it's kind of like a pre-built like Dell that has an onboard graphics card, which really isn't good enough. It was good enough for Halo, like Halo 2, or not Halo 2, god damn it, uh, Half-Life 2, because uh, that Valve was amazing at like, you could run that thing on the crappiest PC and it still looked good. Uh, fear, fear! I could play the multiplayer, which was great. So that kept, so it wasn't a complete waste of money to buy that fifty dollars game. But, uh, but I could not. It, at first, I thought it was like if you any, anybody watched the show, what was it called? Uh, Reboot back on Toonami or uh, yep. uh, Toonami oh, on yes. uh, Cartoon Network. <laughs> well, some of the characters, because uh, one of them is kind of like. this i don't know if he's like a supernatural character um but his face was like kind of like greenish like their, their faces were in that show um but no it was just my graphics card was not rendering it right <laughs> um so i never got to really finish it locks up after like towards the end of like the first chapter on me back on that old pc but i can always play the multiplayer and the multiplayer great um so it's a game i never i always wanted to get into because it seems so cool and the multiplayer still had a lot of the cool aspects of it um, but I'm, I'm excited to go through that series. I picked it up for like, uh, like six or 10 bucks. It's pretty cheap right now. Um, but I was sad to see, uh, fear two, um, well, fear one is not digital. 
Um, I don't know if that ever got digital because that was an early Xbox game. That was like, uh, I think it was an 06. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know if it would have been on a because Xbox didn't have some of the bigger titles. I don't think on the digital store early on. But I can't, if I can't if I remember correctly, uh, but two and three I saw earlier this week were digital. So I was like, cool. I'll just get that one game, um, and then I'll get the on a disc, and I'll get the other two. Um, and I probably will skip Fear Files. Um, but now Fear 3 has been delisted. Um, it was there that day when they announced it because I went there and checked the prices. Uh, but that one's been taken down. Now I'm thinking, like, crap, should I grab Fear 2? Is is about to get delisted too? Um, I don't understand. It's the same dev, so it's not like, you know, it's one of them's like a different publisher, I don't think. But, um, but Mortal Kombat 9 was another one that I was really excited about because I've been playing that on my... Uh, uh, to xbox that has all the dlc unfortunately they did release a well they did release a patch that finally unlocked the title screens as the complete edition which is supposed to have all the content um but the dlc is not accessible um even though it's like my i watched my xbox download the dlc it's in there when you go to manage your digital content um and and those characters like freddy krueger are in the the gallery section where you can look at the characters, but they're not in the roster where you're trying to, you know, select a character to play as. So it's kind of annoying. <laughs> and some of the moves aren't there because some of the moves came in the later patches. Um, so that, that's kind of annoying. But other than that, um, I would say Mortal Kombat Fear and those uh, in the Max Payne series was probably the, Notable additions in the Otogi games. I can't believe we got the Otogi from software games. Um, those look really cool. I wanted, definitely have always wanted to get into those, but uh, that's crazy. We got Otogi 1 and 2, but we didn't get Jet Set Radio Future. It's sad that we won't ever get that one. <laughs> I thought for sure they would at least, we had a chance when they brought back the backwards compatibility. And then to hear that's not going to happen. So, but those are my, my picks. Or my faves definitely to check out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's quite a few games here that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, like uh, you had mentioned, Shockley Fear. I was a big Fear fan back in the day. Actually, still am. I've been uh, itching to kind of uh, go back and revisit them. Maybe do a stream of them. Guys, the Fear games are awesome first-person shooters. Actually, I'd argue they have one of the best like AIs to battle against too. Like they were pretty aggressive. I don't. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have played the first Fear. I, I I know Shockley has, and they, man, they are pretty creative. They will like come up behind you and get you. Like they're they're pretty smart AI. That and it's just a fun game, fun shooter overall. Um, I highly suggest checking out the Fear games. Uh, what else do we got here? I'm kind of looking at the list now. I know a lot of people were excited to see the Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand. So. Yeah, that's cool. Manhunt, the Max Payne games. Uh, man, there's a, a mini ninjas too. Actually, I know I know a few people that loved uh, mini ninjas. Uh, Otogi as well. A lot. Of, I haven't played Otogi personally, but a lot of people do have an affinity for that game. So uh, maybe I should check it out. It's like, it looks just like when I saw some screenshots of it, somebody playing it on the new Series X. It looks just like if you played Shinobi, like that kind of the reboot on the ps2 it looked for a second i thought i was looking at shinobi um because a lot of the menu kind of looks in the on screen looks similar but 
definitely want to check that out. But man, you got to be rich to be playing 50 Cent Bro in the Sand if you didn't already own it. Disc <laughs> only, and that thing is going. I could not believe it. I took a picture of that, and it was like $183 with nine days to go, and I had 23 bids on it. I was like, Jesus. Wow. Holy crap. It was only, that was the only listing for the Xbox 360 disc. <laughs> so it's like, there's not many other ways to buy it for 360. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not, oh, man. Yeah, actually, I was kind of curious, too. I was looking up the Fear games, too. And, yeah, that's uh, – it's the same thing. They're going for, like, 80 bucks, 80, 90 bucks. I couldn't believe what? it. Yeah, on eBay. On eBay, I'm seeing some really crazy Shit. prices. And Fear 3 just got delisted. That sucks. Because Fear 1 is dirt cheap right now. You can get – You'll probably only get the disc only when you buy it on GameStop.com, but it just got sent to me, and that thing was going for six bucks, and they're doing buy one get one free, used games right now. So mm-hmm. you'll probably get a at least, at least if you want to play, you'll get that game for six bucks. And most uh, like exchange or most uh, thrift stores that sell video games usually will have a copy of Fear, and it'll be cheap. So. Yeah, I'm going to wait a couple of months uh, before, you know, maybe let it settle a bit. Because uh, I I had the original Fear, but uh, I think I gave it away for some reason. I can't remember why. Uh, I was looking to uh, pick it up again, and it's going for an insane price. So, yeah, just, just going to wait a little while. Maybe hopefully a bargain bin has it somewhere. Um, but not only with all these backwards compatible uh, games, guys, I mean, okay... There is about 70 that they listed. That's fantastic. Like, I'm so happy that we got all these. But what's kind of sad, too, is that uh, they announced that the backwards compatibility program's ending because of, uh, I guess they reached a limit from what they were saying from various licensing, legal, and technical constraints. It's, uh, ah, it's just really kind of sad because, you know, we had a good run. Because that the backwards compatibility program started in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah, I mean, I I can't think about of how many games have been uh, in the program overall, and there's been a lot, but it's just a, just a shame because, like you said, Shock, uh, you know, the Jet Set Radio Future that would have been a good one. I'm sure a whole bunch of us on the panel uh, would like to see a couple of games on there. I always preach about Mech Assault, the Mech Assault games I would love to see there. They were a staple of the original Xbox, but I'm, I understand certain technical... Like, again, there's licensing issues there because of the technicalities of the IP, but uh, ah, it's a shame. Like, I don't know if anybody else has any more thoughts on the backwards compatibility um, you know, yeah. going away, but you know, it, 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 is, it is sad, right, MLD? Yeah, uh, I mean, at least we know that Xbox, I mean, they gave it their all. Like, they did as much as they possibly and legally could. And uh, Phil Spencer went on record saying, uh, calling for uh, legal video game emulation to take the next step further. Because in the end, I mean, everyone wins here. Uh, uh, He just wants the ability to sell older games. uh, Games that we would buy and everyone would make money off of. I mean, it's win-win. But silver lining, at least... Uh, they didn't. That doesn't also go for frame boosting. L- technically, they can keep going on that. And uh, with the with the the anniversary with the showcase, they weren't short on those games either. Like for me, the standouts are Dead Space Two. I tried it. It is so smooth at 60 frames per second with HDR. 
Fallout, uh, the Fallout series. I'm actually going to play New Vegas sometime next year. Uh, that game being a buttery smooth 60 frames with HDR. That sounds like a really good time. What, the whole Gears of War series, Cameo got the 60 frames boost. Um, I, I just feel like it, Xbox, they're, they're giving you a lot of current stuff. Like, hey, here's a Halo multiplayer shadow dropped. But hey, if that's not your thing, here's 70 backwards compatible games. And also on top of that, oh, here's, here's some uh, frame boost games for other games that you like. It's just, it's, it was a really positive show in that it, it really, it made us feel spoiled and appreciated at the same time. Because uh, right now we're in this kind of like a golden period now. Uh, you could even argue about Xbox right now. There's just so many games, both past and present and future to look forward to. It's just insane. And that show was only half an hour long. But that, it was perfect. It was perfectly paced. It cut through the crap, gives exactly what we wanted to see, and also just celebrate Xbox. So uh, I, I was I was pretty happy with that showcase. So a lot of good games to play, both new and old. So that, I, that's all we could really ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Xbox's success with backwards compatibility is the reason why they're having to end backwards compatibility. Um, <clears throat> I'm. I'll, I'm just a blunt individual, and even though it seems like a great idea for these developers or publishers to sell old games at a, let's be frank, some of these games actually do not go for very much money, and that does not thrill these publishers. They want you to go for that $60 banger, and we've all seen how Rockstar Games put out a very paltry remaster of some games that were nothing more than glorified mobile ports, and they delisted the original version of those games, and they're going to actually become some kind of package now that they're going to try to resell you in the future. A lot of developers and publishers want to basically resell these games as a a remaster or or an up res or whatever else they can do to it and the problem is with what xbox can do with the series x and the really awesome hardware in the series s and the series x uh, these developers are wanting to halt this program because of the problem of well there's no point in releasing a remaster if the original game is that much better on um uh, the the guy i watched on YouTube straight up said playing the original fear game on the series X is even better than the PC build. So it proves that Microsoft Xbox can do a really good job with backwards compatibility, giving some of these older games a lot more value. And these developers want to actually cash in on that value on their own and re-release some of these games. I think, which is where I think that they Microsoft really hit a brick wall when it came to backwards compatibility because a lot of publishers now want to be able to retain the rights to release these games, which is where um, maybe, because I think WB Games is now the ones in control of the Fear franchise. So I'm very curious if all of a sudden they want to be like, whoa, my God, everybody's talking about these games. We didn't know that people would be practically out there trying to go like scavenger hunting for these games at every local game store. Maybe there's something here. And that all of a sudden, Fear 3 is delisted overnight. That's where it's starting to become very curious that I think a lot of these publishers and developers alike want to retain the rights to be able to re to basically put these games back out. 
Yeah, I'm surprised that, like, I'm sure, like, they're thinking probably, like, hey, look what Mass Effect just did. We can just, like, remaster them and put, like, one, two, and three in the trilogy and sell it 60 bucks. Easy. But great thing is about that back list for some of these high price games, uh, the backwards compatibility on Xbox is region free. So you can get cheap versions of uh, Resident or Fear 3. Um, for like 20 bucks for other regions that aren't the US. So you might be able to play 50 Cent Blood on the Sand after all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, I mean, well, just like, again, like like you were saying, it's, uh, it is cool that they might be stopping the backwards compatibility program that might be coming to an end, but it's, at least they're still looking at uh, FPS boosts and... Uh, you know, even like more access on the the cloud gaming front as well, which which is pretty cool. On in any case, um, and yeah, even like in some of these new titles too that they announced uh, for the backwards compatibility, I might I might pick up. Uh, yeah, like I've heard some things. Like I, I remember when Binary Domain came out, like a lot of people were dogging it, and uh, now I'm hearing some good things about it. So eh, I might give it a go. We'll see. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, like moving on from the backwards compatibility portion of it, what'd you guys think about uh, the Halo Infinite multiplayer drop? I mean, me and Shockley had had a little bit of a conversation at the beginning of the show, but uh, like uh, Centurion, I'm not sure if you've had a lot of time uh, with uh, the Halo multiplayer. Um, like we had some time with it on the uh, the Insider a month or so ago. But obviously, there's more maps, a few more modes, and so on. Uh, like, have you gotten a chance to play it? So, as soon as that game was announced for, um, or you know, for you to be able to start playing it now, you remember we were on the DM trying to figure out how to do that, and you had to like restart your console to be able to get the update to actually to start it up. Um, and as soon as I did that, I got me, my brother um his kid and we downloaded it all of a sudden we were playing all of a sudden lemon hit us up and it turned i had plans for monday that all got canceled because we sat around playing uh halo pretty much all day and then we sat around uh for a couple hours last night playing halo uh with the blue one shout out to him fun times playing halo um, I have to agree with uh, Shockley. Outside of the XP thing, they really need to fix that XP grind, but outside of that, you don't really care because you're just having a blast with all your friends just running amok and just having total fun. Um, and there's some pretty hair-raising moments, especially in big team battle. I mean, when we were playing uh, the other night with uh, Lemon, I mean, we had almost a full team of 12 and that was pretty fun and we were out there just blowing everything up and just shooting at everybody and fun times Mm -hmm. yeah i've spent some time with it obviously i got the gameplay going on here while we're talking and i'll admit i really like the maps for the most part i think the maps are a lot of fun they got a lot of variety to them they got interesting backdrops and they're they're very creative play spaces uh, the weapons are really cool. Uh, 
the mangler man the uh the brute revolver man that thing is pretty cool like you can like three shot a person from a distance with that thing that's that's actually pretty cool uh cinder shot i really like as well that uh forerunner weapon oh actually i don't think there's a weapon that i really don't like i don't know they just like i'm really enjoying a lot of aspects to this game um yeah i i'll admit i do have a a pretty big issue with the progression uh like don't get me wrong guys i am having fun like i think the fundamentals are great i love the weapons i love the uh the gameplay as a whole i think there's a lot of good here but there is a bit of a grind and i'm kind of, i'm really scratching my head a lot of things like why there was no ranking system to begin with i know that they have the battle pass and you progress with that but even like on the free end of things i think that there could be more like armor options and uh like not a lot of things should be there could be a little like some things that you know could be transferred from the battle pass to like again maybe just be unlocks normally because i do think that if you want to keep players invested even though this is a free-to-play portion of the game you you need to give people rewards to move towards and i'm not sure that there's enough of that right now i know that they are working on the progression and the game admittedly it isn't a like a, a beta form still and it's not like official official they still got more to roll out and i'm i'm very forgiving in that manner but as of right now they i i do believe that they they really do need to address uh the the way that the progression works but otherwise yeah i mean i'm having fun with it i'm having a lot of fun uh they also they, they definitely need more modes too um because like it's kind of weird not seeing like a I just need the playlist yeah like, the modes some of the modes are there it's just like it doesn't give you the option to just play i want to play oddball or i want to play this <laughs> you know you have to just like oh okay i got the one i wanted <laughs> So. Yeah, that, that, that's my one my one complaint because uh, uh, I like Slayer, and it's why I played like almost two hours the other day, and I think I only had like one Slayer match. The rest was Oddball, Strongholds, Capture the Flag, and every time I get them, I'm playing. I'm playing it like I'm having fun, but just like let me have a Slayer playlist. I'm hoping it's because we're in the beta mode. I'm hoping that on December eighth they'll separate them. So. Eh, uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, yeah, that, that's my thing. I mean, with progression, they did add the hot fix. Like the, they gave you like fifty per, fifty uh, experience points per match, regardless of of, of what happens. I think they tweaked uh, the weekly challenges. I think they took out the ones that seem a little more ridiculous to complete. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's good that they're transparent. They're listening to the community, and I feel like they'll be on top of this and make changes quickly. So. That, that that's good news. They're they're clearly listening to the to the community and they'll make changes as fast as they can. But uh, yeah, I can go on all day, but you guys pretty much covered it. Like this game is just really, really, really polished. I I, I personally like how uh, the the armor uh, lights up when you fire on the enemy. It it tells it lights up which part of the body you hit them. And I don't think that was as apparent as in other Halos. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the little things like that that make it really competitive and make you want to improve yourself. Yeah, actually, I think you can tweak that too in the settings, if I'm not mistaken, the outline, because I think there was feedback from the previous, like the insider flights, that uh, people are like, well, yeah, I don't really like how uh, 
um, the, the outlines per se, like how strong they are. So you can tone that down a bit if I'm not mistaken. Just something to play around with. But overall, like, yeah, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, like, going from Halo 5 to Halo Infinite, I just, I, I do think that the maps are better made. I do think that they did a lot better job with just getting back to, you know, like a more traditional Halo look while combining... Uh, so, like some of 343's own aesthetics into it like I, like to me like this is like this is the right way to go I, I got to admit guys I'm really excited for um like what's coming with the the campaign actually speaking about the campaign guys uh there's been uh some gameplay going around uh a bunch of different uh like Xbox content creators have gotten uh like, uh, they've gone to play the game early, you know, such as, you know, our friend Colt Eastwood, uh, Hidden Xperia. Like, there's been a whole bunch of people. They've been posting, like, gameplay on social media. I've been trying not to watch a lot of it because, you know, I want to save um, my excitement for the game day one. But uh, I don't know. Have you guys seen any of the gameplay at all? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I watch the ones that are no spoilers. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you see some uh, interior uh, levels uh, here and there, some open world levels, but they're all almost universally positive. Uh, they really say that the emotional aspect of the storyline is uh, amped up, but in a really good way. Seems like they're really going back to the, uh, the storytelling roots of the original trilogy, where Chief only speaks when it's actually, when it's necessary or when, you know, to deliver like a really good one-liner that... Yeah. Uh, becomes iconic years later overall though you know, they definitely learned their lessons from halo 5 in terms of uh, writing and uh, emotional impact so yeah without going into spoilers or anything yeah i i yeah it, i can't wait to play this game they, they may it seem like they're it's like two different games now where they make they release the multiplayer now and we're, we're all really into it and then the campaign december 8 it feels like a separate game onto itself because of the time gap i don't know i, I don't they pulled it off somehow yeah and i'll be curious to see too uh like going back to like multiplayer armor and whatnot like i'll be curious to see uh if there's a lot of unlocks when it comes to like uh finding stuff in the campaign and how that goes like if you complete certain sections and so on if you'll get like different unlocks for uh like multiplayer whether it be armors emblems and so on like i think that would help uh leave some of the concern for progression at least like, at least a little bit anyways um yeah i, I, think, I think that is in it they did they did say that where you can find some certain hidden things in the mm -hmm. game and that'll translate to a uh, multiplayer unlock mm -hmm. again whether that means like again multiplayer unlock can mean either armor could mean like emblem or like one of those little key ring dangling key rings and so on so i have to wait and see um but i mean that that aspect of it is pretty cool um what about the uh the halo tv show guys it got a teaser uh anybody interested in that the production values look pretty good but as a lore fan i'm <laughs> yeah. tempering my expectations let's just say that yeah, same. Like, I mean, this thing's been in development uh, hell for a little while, to say the least. Um, I'm curious, like any other Halo fan, I want it to do well. 
I really do. But like you said, as a lore fan, I know that they're they toyed around with a few things. I'm not I'm I'm not a fan of that per se. Like I just rather that they follow the lore. I, I understand that there's things that you know might you might not have to be so restrictive with, but at the same time, it's like. I just, I really wish that they would just stick to the meat and potatoes of, like, certain things and not screw around. But, again, we only saw a short teaser. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's supposed to be coming out uh, sometime next year, guys. So, again, that's uh, something to look forward to. Um, but, yeah. Anybody else got any more comments about the Xbox 20th anniversary? I mean, um... Like, Centurion, did you pick up that controller, the uh, 20th anniversary controller? Did you end up getting that in the mail? It's tomorrow. I bought that totally impulsively. I go on to uh, one of the cheap, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, Cheap Ass Gamer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You went on there and it's like, hey, restock for the 20th anniversary controllers. Bye. <laughs> okay. I, wa I, I definitely wanted it. The, I Oh, my God. I saw it on multiple twitter people i follow on twitter who had it and god man everybody's getting controllers they've got all these controllers flying around everywhere and i already have an elite too so i didn't want to like hop on the 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 halo one but i also wanted just something to kind of because dude after watching that 20th anniversary celebration on xbox and them talking about how much they changed gaming and showing just how they brought the industry forward um in their own little way i mean like look at how game pass has totally changed everything you can't you cannot deny the fact that xbox has changed the gaming industry uh they definitely proprietary um i don't want to say proprietary but they definitely pushed forth the idea of online gaming out of the box um versus as an attachment i understand the dreamcast was the first one to have an a local area network card inside them, but I feel Xbox kind of put that in their console and it hit the ground running with uh, Xbox Live. And I just really wanted something to kind of to kind of commemorate all that, and I really wanted to have that 20th anniversary controller. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to download that background onto my console, and I'm even probably going to probably use the controller because I'm tired of getting all these controllers and just staring at them. Yeah, no, it, it 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 has a nice feel to it. Like it looks simple too, but it's got a nice. It, it is nice in its own way, um, and then the background that it comes with is uh, kind of neat as well. But then again, I'm a fan of green, so anything green is good in my books. But uh, yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned the Halo controller, uh, Centurion, because you know I was kind of going back and forth. It's like, ugh, do I really need another controller? But Man, that uh, Halo Infinite Elite 2, oh, it looks so sweet. And I end up, uh, I can usually control my uh, spending pretty well, uh, but I FOMO'd and I, I ended up getting it. I saw that it was available uh, at uh, GameStop.ca GameStop and I was like, uh, this isn't going to last very long here. So I added it to my shopping cart and uh, got it, so... I think it was your FOMO moment that made me have mine. Because, like, well, I even was like, well, Invader got a controller. I'm getting a controller, too. <laughs> right, right. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, MLD, didn't you get that controller, too, the uh, the Halo Infinite Elite, if I'm not mistaken? I'm looking for the Halo Elite controller and the Halo Xbox. No such luck. They are damn near impossible to find, but uh, uh, that's ongoing. But I, that is on my to-do list. To get them oh okay i'll uh, i'll keep an eye out for you then 
Uh, oh, appreciate sure. it, yeah. Of course, buddy, of course. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, the uh, the Xbox anniversary was pretty cool. It was short and sweet. Uh, again, I wasn't expecting very much. Maybe I would have thought maybe. I know we were talking about, like, maybe a Fable thing or just something a little extra. But honestly, like, it was good what we got. You know, I didn't have my expectations set too, too high. And I think that was the right uh, course of action for that. But uh, regardless, it was cool. And uh, yeah, we uh, we got a lot to look forward to. Halo is uh, just around the corner. And hey, maybe some more reveals at the Game Awards. But uh, you know what? It looks like we're uh, now going to end off tonight's show. And I gotta say, guys, it was a really fun chat. Lots of uh, good topics. Obviously, we talked about the Xbox anniversary highlights, the Game Awards nominees, and much more like uh, Hideki uh, Kamiya and so on. Of course, thank you to all of you who uh, tuned in tonight. It's always wonderful having you all here. If you enjoyed tonight's offerings, then consider leaving a like, sharing this out across various forms of social media, and subbing to the channel. Don't forget to hit the notifications to keep up to date when we go live. And you know what? Like, don't forget about our Forza Horizon controller giveaway, the awesome giveaway that we're doing. Uh, get it, get in while you can. It's a few days away, and the link to uh, the Gleam giveaway is just in the description here. So click it, guys, and get in on that because, again, it's a pretty sweet controller. Now, with that out of the way, let's uh, get to the outros. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Tim Dog could not make it. I, I think he was... It seemed like he was stuck in traffic, unfortunately. I know that he was on the road, but don't worry, guys. He will be back soon, hopefully next week. Uh, let's see. We'll start off with Eric Shockley. Buddy, I really like the input tonight. Uh, great energy. Where can everybody follow you at? Yep, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. But, yeah, definitely uh, get those Get the backwards compatible games you want uh, before they get delisted. And like Centurion was saying earlier, uh, these publishers are going to want to just remaster everything. So, <laughs> um, but yep, uh, but good show tonight. Uh, great topics. And when we closer to Halo. Exactly, my friend. The excitement is there. And I got to look for uh, that fear for sure. Uh, moving on down the list, Centurion, buddy, I, I loved your uh, different opinions on the various topics. Uh, great insight, of course. Where can everybody follow you at, my friend? Uh, well, um, thank you, gentlemen. It was an awesome show. Hopefully my different opinions uh, weren't a couple of head turners. For <laughs> I try to be opinionated, but also respectful. But for those who do want to check out my content and hear my crazy opinions, please follow me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and, of course, Twitter. You can find me every Saturday night on the Shop Podcast and every Sunday night right here on the TXR Podcast. All right, well said. And General MLD, buddy, my uh, other huge Halo fan, Halo nut, if you will. Um, where can everybody follow you at, but? Thank you, thank you. At MLD Ghost is my Twitter. Very active there. Also, General MLD for YouTube. And uh, yeah, let's uh, see what Xbox brings next week. But uh, as we all know, there's no shortage of games to play right now. Something for everybody. Uh, I mean, I'll be torn between Halo, Forza, and some uh, BC games I want to discover. So it's a great time to be an Xbox gamer, guys. So uh, look, looking forward to next week. Indeed. 
And to round out things here on the cast, this is Invader. You guys can follow my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I will be posting content on there soon, I promise. Just lots and lots of things coming up, like, you know, Halo drops and so on. Man, it's just uh, hard to pump out videos when there's so much to, to game, you know? Like, you know, all the stuff that we talk about. <laughs> but anyways, guys, it was a great chat tonight. And have a good night, everyone. And we hope to see you all here uh, on the next episode next week. Talk to you later, guys. Peace out.